but uh, they're expecting their first child, and that makes the lambs expecting their first grandchild. You better go ahead and start selling Krispy Kreme donuts. That's all I can tell you, because life is about to get more expensive. (laughs) Amen. All right, Ronald, come and preach. Let's give him a good welcome back to Tuscaloosa. Ronald Gray and his family. Good morning. morning. It's good to be in the house today. Yes. God's not dead. He's alive. Amen. He actually thinks he's God. Isn't that good news? He's not going through a personality crisis this morning. He actually believes he's God Almighty, and he acts like it. He's God every day, every way, every place, all over the face of the earth. I know that because I feel like I've been all over the face of the earth. Just this year, I've traveled over 150,000 miles. I have been in China, up near North Korea. I have been in Cambodia. I have been in Poland. I have been three times in Guatemala, twice in Costa Rica, in Cuba, Mexico already this year. I'm leaving on Wednesday for Kenya, Africa, and then I'll be in Mexico again and in Costa Rica one more time before the year's out. And so we have covered some territory, and the Lord is moving all over. I want to just share, share with you just a, just a couple of little photos kind of in my, uh, as far as visual or vocal photos, just to tell you what God's doing. Um, we have four missionary families that work with us that are living in Yanji, China. Now, this is up right across the border from North Korea. And they are living there, working in various school situations, teaching English as a second language. And they are there because they have faith that North Korea is going to open up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they have positioned themselves there to be able to go in when the doors open. How's that for faith? So... They are, they are South Korean by, by their nationality, but they were all born in the United States. They left two years ago their really nice homes in Virginia, moved with their family, with their, all their little kids, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There's four families, so they got them at all different ages. And they are living in a terrible, horrendous place but they're living there because of their faith in Jesus Christ. We took a boat ride between North Korea and China. Our driver said, be sure if the boat flips to know which side of the river to come up on. I said, noted. I'll make sure that I come up on the China side. Didn't want to come up on the North Korean side. But God is working there in a very powerful way. We have 35 missionaries in Cambodia who are rescuing women and children out of human trafficking, and God is working in their life. Uh, when I was in China, I also was in Beijing, and uh, we have a couple there, Doug and Jenny McGee. Doug has done the voiceovers for VeggieTales in Mandarin, and uh, he is in a rock band that plays all China because the fact is is that they, uh, China very, very carefully looks at all the materials that are written in China as far as whether there's any propaganda being shared about the gospel. But they share rock music, but all their words are scripture. 
And so they can get by by proclaiming the gospel through rock music without having any kind of, of uh, uh, problems with the government, with any kind of situations. And so it's pretty amazing what God is doing there. Jenny was just asked to speak in the United Nations Women's Conference to talk about the plight of women that are being trafficked around the world. And so it's wonderful that God is lifting people up that are believers, that are followers of Jesus Christ to share in these kind of situations and to proclaim what is needed around the world. I just got back from Cuba. How's that for cool? I mean, I, you know, growing up, and uh, some of you young kids won't understand this, but the older ones, we took Americanism versus communism in classes in school, and Cuba was at the forefront of that. <clears throat> and so now I find myself speaking in Cuba God has opened up the door. We flew directly from Tampa, Florida to Havana, Cuba. And I ministered among the Methodist because the Methodist church is on fire in Cuba. They speak in other tongues regularly. They pray for the sick. They see signs and wonders take place every day. And so they have asked me now to come back and they want us to help their their pastors are trained in seminary, but they have not really had teaching about how to operate and all that God is doing in their lives. And so I find myself in a position where they're asking me to come on a regular basis and help to train their pastors and to teach them how to operate in the gifts and purposes of the Spirit of God. Right. And so we're going back in February. We're going back there to share and to minister there. So you pray for us. God is doing some wonderful, phenomenal things. And uh, I go to uh, Kenya, Africa on Wednesday. I am taking two men with me who are going to help. We've graduated over 2,000 pastors from our school that is out of the boonies there. And we did that on purpose so that we could train people, not in a big city situation, but out in the rural areas. And so we are now taking a couple of guys who are welders by trade. They are master welders, and they're going to teach our, some of our pastors how to weld so that they will have a skill, a marketable skill, to be able to make enough money to feed their family. You know, one of the things, church, that we don't realize is how needy the rest of the world is. Did you know that in Cuba when I was there, do you know what they make? They live on the pastor of First Methodist Church in the city where we were at. They make $20 a month, $20 a month. They live on less than a dollar a day. The lady who led worship in a moment of reality said to us, every piece of clothing I have has been given to me. Said we've never been able to buy any clothing. So one of the things that we're going to do in February is we're going to take several suitcases full of clothes down and distribute them. Uh, they charge us about $100 a suitcase, but I believe the Lord is going to help us to be able to take a lot of suitcases down and be able to share that and give those things away. And so you pray for us. God is opening up doors. I thought I was slowing down at 60, but God seems to be speeding things up. And so you pray for us. Uh, I'll just simply make a need known to you. I'm leaving Wednesday for Kenya. I'm short about $500 for all of the things. I've had a lot of outgo lately going to 
Cuba, going to Mexico, going to a lot of different places. I've had just a lot of outgo. And if the Lord puts it on your heart that you'd like to sow into us and help us, you can do that. You can give it through the church. Uh, I also have moved into the 21st century. Uh, you can text me money now. You can type, you can text to 77977, put Ronald Gray in the subject line, and you can send me money. How cool is that? I would have never have dreamed that in my life. But I can do it now. And so uh, if you're interested in knowing more about what we do, we have a website at ronaldgrayministries.org. I have a Facebook page at Ronald Gray Ministries. I have a Twitter at uh, RK Gray. And uh, I'm on Instagram as well. You can find me most anywhere. Uh, and we are about the business of the Lord. So you keep praying for us. Would you do that? Pray that God would help us. I'm so glad that my lovely wife Sharon and my grandson Braxton are here. Would y'all stand, Sharon and Braxton, so they can see you? And uh, Braxton's 12 years old now. He's about to be 13. And you know that he lives with us and he keeps life exciting uh, for us. Uh, and we're so glad for him. Amen. So glad to be here with Charles and Brenda. You have a great pastor. And uh, he is a great pastor. And I will tell you, they are great friends of ours. Uh, we were thinking again today that we've now been friends for almost 40 years. That's pretty good. And we still like each other. And uh, Well, mostly. <laughs> no, we like each other. We love each other. And I'm so glad to know men of God that if I needed somebody anywhere around the world, I know that Charles Lynn would be at the, one of the top of my list to call and say, I need some help. And I know that Charles would find a way to help me. And that means a whole lot when you're out there traveling and you're ministering in a lot of different places. It's good to have people that you're in relationship with. Amen? Turn in your Bible today to Romans chapter 12, a familiar portion of Scripture. But I believe the Lord has put a word in my heart for you today. Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 through 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, God, for this house. Thank you for the worship. Thank you, Lord, that we have entered into your presence. Thank you, God, for ears to hear what your spirit would say. We honor you and give you all the praise and all the glory, for you alone are worthy to be praised. In the mighty and wonderful, glorious name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning about having a renewed mind. Having a renewed mind. The scripture says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many of you know that our thoughts are extremely important? What we think about is important. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart 
is not with you. A lot of people think about a lot of things. That one of the great questions that people ask each other sometimes is, well, what's on your mind? I stopped asking that question because I found out there wasn't a whole lot on some people's mind and they wanted to still talk about it. And so I just quit asking that question. I'm, I'm glad that we're not like cartoon characters and all of our thoughts are floating in the air right now and that people around you can read your thoughts. Aren't you glad for that? Some of you just stopped thinking what you was thinking just in case that happened. You know, um, a lot of people say, well, I've got to say what's on my mind. Please don't. Uh, we, we've also found out from that that a lot of things really aren't really good on your mind. So just, you know, we need to get our mind in gear before we put our mouth in motion. We need to get our thoughts to, together. I believe that we've become a society that has allowed our culture and our media to shape our thoughts. I believe our thoughts, again, are important. If you think about yourself, you'll become a selfish person. But if you think about others, you'll become a giving, generous person. If you think about money all the time, you'll become greedy. But if you think about thankfulness to God, you'll become contented. If you think about lust and immorality, I believe that you will become a lustful person. <clears throat> but if you think about moral purity, you will become pure in heart. If you think about how to deceive others, you'll become a liar. But if you think about truthfulness, you'll become a person of integrity. I believe that we need to think about, we need to be careful about what we think about. Somebody wrote one time, sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. I believe it all begins with what we think about. Now, I know our world says, well, just keep an open mind. But the problem with that is there's always somebody that wants to come by and fill it with something. So be careful what you think about. I believe that Satan has a plan to try to destroy our life. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, wiles is not a word that we use a lot in our culture today, but it, it's a word that is methodios, schemes, or strategies. <clears throat> the fact is, is you may not be thinking about the devil, but he's thinking about you. He's trying to come up with schemes and strategies to destroy your life, to set traps is one of the things that the scripture talks about. He is trying to set something up for you to cause you to fail. 2 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11 says, Now whom you forgive anything, I forgive. For if indeed I've forgiven anything, I've forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The church, I've been around a long time, and the reality is, is a lot of times in church we are ignorant of his devices. We are, not, we are not awake to what the enemy is trying to set traps for in our life and bring destruction to us. The reality is the greatest battle that all of us face is not out there somewhere. The greatest battle that we face is right here. 
And many times we lose the battle out there because we first lost the battle in here. We struggle. The greatest time of testing is when we're alone with our thoughts. When nobody else can really see what we're thinking about, what we're meditating on, what we're mulling over. All of those things affect our life greatly. And I believe that we have to be careful about this spiritual warfare. The admonition of Scripture is to guard against a carnal mind. Romans 8, 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So the carnal mind is an enemy against God, thinking things that are strictly of the flesh, thinking things that are not in the realm of our service to the kingdom of God. Romans 1.21 says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. I believe that what we think about affects our life greatly. We do not just simply go out and do things evil, usually on a whim. It's because somewhere along the way we have thought about those things. We have given time in our mind to think about things that are contrary to the things of the kingdom of God. I believe that right thinking produces right living. Now, hear what I said. I did not say positive thinking produces right living. This is not a new age message. This is not just thinking positive thoughts. This is not just simply walking around feeling good about yourself. This is not just simply about you being happy all the time. But what I said was that right thinking produces right living. The Bible says in Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now that's what the Bible says. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so the question is, is what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about things that bring good and joy and peace to your life? I believe the Bible says in the scripture that we read in Romans 12 that we must become a living sacrifice. How many of you know that God loves living things? I'm one of those guys that I don't understand the zombie craze. I don't want to be the living dead. I want to be the living living. The Bible says that the same life that was in Christ dwells in you and has quickened your mortal body. And so I don't want to be the living dead. I want to be alive with the purposes of the Lord God Almighty. So we have to become a living sacrifice. We must not be conformed to the world. The goal is not to do what everybody else is doing. That hasn't changed for all these years. Our goal is not to be like everybody else. The Lord is not fair. How many of you understand that? We're not into fairness. We're into He rules, He reigns, He lives. We follow Him. Our trust is in Him. Our goal, we don't have a... We're not in a democracy, we're in a theocracy. God is in charge and we do what he tells us to do. So we're not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed. The word is metamorphomai. 
It's an act of a person changing his outward expression from that which he has to a different one, an expression which comes from and is representative of his inner being. We talk about the fact we're not just changed from the outside in, but from the inside out. You can dress up the outside, but if the inside is a mess, it's going to eventually find its way to the outside. And so you have to be careful what's on the inside. We need to think, to think right, our mind must be renewed. You cannot do it with the old mind, with the carnal mind. A renewal, a renovation, a complete change for the better. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. It says they'll renew their strength. I believe that that is not only physical strength, but I believe it's mental strength. I believe it's mental readiness. You know, one of the things that I do on a regular basis is that I go to various places and I uh, uh, take a lot of teams with me and several people, uh, Brother Charles and some others from the church have gone with me on mission trips and a lot of times I take guys who work out all the time. Now, you can tell that I do not work out on a regular basis. But the fact is, is I am mentally prepared, and a lot of guys that are not mentally prepared, I leave them in the dust. When I get on a plane on Wednesday to go to Kenya, Africa, from the time that I leave my house until the time that we arrive, it is going to take 42 hours. <laughs> Just everybody think about that for a second. 42 hours, okay? A lot of guys, that they work out, they're strong. I mean, they got it for a while. But after you spend about two times, times 10 hours in airplanes, all of a sudden, all of their working out doesn't really carry them through. You got to have mental toughness to be able to go through and deal with all the situations and circumstances. You got to be able to be victorious. You got to be able to do what God wants you to do. Amen? Amen? And so I believe that God wants us to be mentally prepared. He wants us to have mental readiness. Now, how is our mind renewed? I believe our mind is renewed by what we see. The Bible says in Matthew 6, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. What's the focus of your eyes? What do you dwell on all the time? What do you look at? What are you focused on in your life? I believe it's important that we keep our eyes on the Lord, the author and the finisher of our faith. Look to the, look, the Bible says, look to the mountains from which comes your strength. In other words, not keep your eyes on all the things that are around you that can drag you down, but to set your eyes above. Because the Bible says that if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. It's important what you look at. It's important what you listen to. Proverbs 18, 15. The heart of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. I believe that we need to be careful what we listen to. You know, church, it's amazing to me, the people that we listen to for counsel. You know, if I'm going broke, I do not want to talk to somebody that has been bankrupt 10 times. Do you understand? 
if I'm going through a difficulty in my marriage, I don't want to go through, talk to somebody that's been divorced seven times. But the reality is that sometimes we look to people and we try to get knowledge from people who do not have an accurate understanding of the Word of God. Be careful what you listen to. Everybody that has counsel for you is not a good counselor. Everybody that wants to say something to you is not good. <laughs> I know this is going to come as a shock for some of you, but everything that's on Facebook is not true. <laughs> Boy, I hate to tell you that. That's going to mess up some of your day. The truth is, is there's a lot of things out there that are lies. There's a lot of things that people are telling us and some of it's coming from Christian television. And some of it's coming from Christian radio. And some of it's coming from Christian books. And so you have to be careful what you hear. You have to be careful about what you listen to. Because I believe that what goes into the filters of your ears becomes part of your thought life and will direct what you do and what you, what you, how you live your life. I believe that I, our, we renew our mind by what we meditate on. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What do you let roll around with all the other rocks in your head? <laughs> what do you let... Gathering your thought processes, things that are true, things that are noble, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report. You know, one of the things that I've made it a conscious decision in my life is not to listen to what people tell me negatively about somebody else. Unless I've seen it with my own eyes, I really just don't put any stock in those things. I'm not going to let other people defame situations and people and ministries around me. I'm not going to listen to that stuff. I'm going to meditate on things that are true and noble and just and pure because I believe according to 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, I believe we're to bring every thought into captivity. I believe that we're to take control over our minds and not allow it to roll out there and just go any direction and think on all. Your mind is powerful. And what happens is, is you just let it go and you just think on all kind of things and it disrupts your spiritual life. I believe we have to be careful about what we talk about. Proverbs 13.3 says, He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. You know, a lot of people don't put that on their refrigerator. <laughs> but it's a good one, nevertheless. Be careful what you talk about. Be careful what you say with your mouth. Again, we put our mouth in motion before our mind is in gear. We say things before we understand all the facts. People say words are not important. Words are very important. People get destroyed by words that are said out of turn, out of a place of understanding, out of a place of care and compassion. We need to be very careful what we speak. I believe it's important for us to think about these things and to let 
our minds be renewed. You know, when our mind is renewed, God can do phenomenal things. I thought about sharing this a little earlier, then I thought it might just kind of fit into my message to share with you one more little testimony about mission. Here in Tuscaloosa, there is a restaurant called Mud Shots Bar and Grill. Y'all familiar with that? The owner of Mud Shots went with me on a mission trip last year to Guatemala, excuse me, to Costa Rica first. Went to Costa Rica. While he was in Costa Rica, God touched his heart in a very powerful way. This year, in the spring, he went with me to Guatemala. He brought five of his primary leaders. They franchise Mudshots. He also owns two other brands of restaurants as well. He owns Topers, which is a hamburger place as well. And then he owns Gloryland, which is a Mediterranean uh, 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 gyro grill kind of place. And so he owns three different restaurant brands, Okay. So he brought five of his primary leaders. But because the Lord had began to touch him and renew his mind, this year he asked us to baptize him in the lake in front of all of his friends while we were in Guatemala. We baptized him. Hallelujah. Now, let me tell you the rest of the story. Is that in November, I'm taking 25 of his employees with me to Costa Rica, and we're going to pour the floor for a church building that we started last year. And he has asked me over the next number of years to lead all 700 of his employees on a mission trip somewhere, wherever we want to go, wherever we want to take them. He wants them to have an experience and see that the world is bigger than what he thought it was. And instead of just simply wanting to have a party, he said he now wants it to make a difference. That's what a renewed mind does. That's what God does. And so the Lord has allowed us to be an influence in that situation. I was telling Charles before, you know, for years I've been going to Poland doing kingdom business trips. And God in his sovereignty has decided to bring business to me. I don't have to go to them anymore. He's, you, know, you know what's so cool is I'm taking 25 people. I have absolutely no idea what their Christian church background is. They're just going over the on mission trip. And I asked Christopher, who is the owner, I said, what do you want me to do? He said, what you do? He said, whatever you did for me, do it for them. <laughs> I said, I got that. We'll make that happen. So you pray for us. What an opportunity to influence a culture and touch somebody in a way that could have an influence far beyond anything that we could comprehend or understand. The Bible says he'll do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amen? And so I believe that God wants us to operate in a way that separates us from the rest of the world. And I believe to do that, we have to have our mind renewed. We can't think the way that we've always thought. If we do, we'll get what we've always got. We understand that. But we've got to have a renewed mind. The Bible says in Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I believe that God wants us to have 
his mind. He wants us to think his thoughts. He wants us to operate in a dimension that is different than what we've always done before. The church has been influenced so much by our society and by media today that I'm concerned, are we thinking the thoughts of Christ? Did you know that in this day, that 10 churches a day across the United States of America shut their doors and cease to be a church? You know why that happens? Because they no longer have the mind of Christ. They are not renewing their mind. They have allowed themselves to start thinking the way that the world thinks. And the more that they get into that arena, the easier it is for them to say, we don't make a difference. We're not here to do anything for the kingdom of God. We're no different than everybody else. I want to tell you, we are different than everybody else. We're the church triumphant, alive, and well. And if God be for us, who can be against us? I believe that the Lord makes a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. I believe we need to have the mind of Christ. If you have the mind of Christ, it can give you revelation about your city, about your family, about your circumstance, about your job. I don't believe that we have to operate the way everybody else does. I believe that we can have the mind of Christ. Would you just put your hands right now on your head, everybody in the sanctuary, just say, well, I have the mind of Christ. Say it again like you believe it. Amen. I believe that God wants us to understand we have the mind of Christ. The Bible tells us this. I didn't make this up. He says we have the mind of Christ. But I'm not sure we always access it. And because of it, we face all kinds of situations and circumstances. I believe that we need to come against confusion. Confusion is not of God. God is not the author of confusion. That's what his word says. And so if we have confusion, it's because we have lost the mind of Christ. I believe that one of the things that's plaguing a lot of people in the church today is discouragement, which goes into depression. And I know there's a lot of people who are depressed, and the reason that they become depressed is because they don't think that there's any way. But the Bible says that he'll make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. I believe God is not limited by our circumstance or by our situation. He is able to do above and beyond anything that we could ask or think. I believe that God wants to do something in us. And today, if you're discouraged and if you're depressed, God doesn't want you to weep all night. He doesn't want your life to be in turmoil. He doesn't want you to be getting up in the middle of the night and walking the floor and not knowing what you're supposed to do or how you're supposed to be. The Bible says you are an overcomer, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. I believe that. I believe that God wants you to overcome. He wants you to be victorious. I believe that God wants us to overcome jealousy. I believe that comes when we have not, when we do not have the mind of Christ. Envy, worry. My, how many people are become worriers? I've told you before, I heard it many years ago that worry is as wicked as swearing. Swearing is taking the name of God in vain. Worry is taking the promises of God in vain. Don't worry. God's got everything under control. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. I believe we need to not be concerned about tomorrow because, as someone said years ago, I love the little cliche, I don't know what tomorrow holds, 
but I know who holds tomorrow. I know that the Lord has tomorrow in his hands. Let me tell you something, church. I'm not afraid. I've had guns pointed at me. I've had all kinds of circumstances and situations. I'm going into Kenya, which just last year, a year before last, a mall blew up where I've been at that mall many, many times. People ask Sharon all the time, Sharon, how do you deal with Ron leaving all the time? She said, because that's what we do. Because that's what we do. See, I don't do this by myself. I do it with her. We do this as unto the Lord. Every year I write a letter at the beginning of the year that if I die while I'm traveling, she knows where to find that letter in my library because I'm not afraid because God has not given me the spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. I'm able to do what God's called me to do because my trust is in the Lord. I believe that God wants you to live the way that you're supposed to live. We're not to walk in fear. We're not to walk in trepidation. We're not to walk in timidity. We're to walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? The Bible says, and I want to read these two scriptures and we'll be through. Isaiah chapter 55 Isaiah chapter 55 and verses 8 through 11. The scripture says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth. And make it forth, make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please and shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I believe his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I believe that God wants us to access his thoughts. I want to read one more scripture that we all know. Jeremiah. 29 and verse 11, we love to quote this scripture. But, but a lot of times when we quote it, we quote it out of one of the versions that talks about that I know the plans. But the scripture says that I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I believe that we cannot access the thoughts of God unless we have the mind of Christ. I want you just to think about that a minute. You cannot access the thoughts of God unless you have the mind of Christ. But when you access the thoughts of God, he is not, in this scripture, he does not say that I know the words that I've spoken over you. It says the thoughts, the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. And so what if we want what God has for us, thoughts of peace, and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope. I believe that what we must have is the mind of Christ to be able to access the thoughts of God, to be able to walk in peace and have a future and have a hope. My trust is in the Lord. I want you to understand, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to get on a plane. I'm not afraid to go into situations. I'm not afraid to go into Cuba. I'm not afraid to go into places. I was right there on the border of North Korea. A lot of things can happen. 
but I'm not afraid because I believe the Lord is with me. His promise to us is that I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll be with you always to the end of the world. And so I believe that God wants you to have the mind of Christ. When you have his mind, it'll help you to deal with worry, fear, struggle. I want to tell you that some of you today, one of the things that I, I hear over and over in the church is people say, well, I think I'm going crazy. I want to help you with that. You're not going crazy. I don't believe that God wants you to go crazy. He wants you to have the mind of Christ. A lot of things that are happening today, there's a lot of suicides that are taking place, not only now in the world, but in the church. There are people who are taking their life. And I don't believe that God wants us to have suicidal thoughts. He wants you to have the mind of Christ. He wants your mind to be renewed. He wants you to win the battle over the thoughts in your mind and know that, again, if God is for you, who can be against you? Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Would you stand? Hallelujah.